Welcome to this episode of Strategize Your Business Online. I am your host and digital marketing strategist, Dee Boswell-Buck. Today, I am so excited to be interviewing Andrea Henry. Andrea is a Cambridge-educated business lawyer with well over a decade of experience working with business owners at every stage of the entrepreneurial journey, having seen way too many of entrepreneurs taking unnecessary risks and not going after killer opportunities because they didn't have the right legal advice. She decided to start her firm, Henry Business Law, and her e-commerce contract template site, thesecurestartup.ca to help more people confidently create the business of their dreams. Andrea is a mom of three and breast cancer survivor who has built thriving businesses in the three years since her shock diagnosis. She enjoys reading dystopian fiction and long walks among the tree. If you own a business, you need a lawyer. Listen to the podcast today to discover the wide range of services Henry Business Law provides and how, when you meet with Andrea and her team, you can say bye-bye to stuffy boardrooms and sayonara to billing by the hour. You're listening to Strategize Your Business Online designed for entrepreneurs like yourself who are looking to get more visibility strategically for your business in the online space. I'm Dee Boswell Buck, digital marketing strategist and founder of Boswell Buck Creative. Andrea Henry of Henry Business Law. Thank you so much and welcome to the podcast, Strategize Your Business Online. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Dee. I'm very excited to have you here. So I would like to get started in knowing who are you, Andrea, and what is it that you do? Oh, wow. Well, that alone is a podcast, but I'll try to keep it as short as possible. So I am a mom of three. I've been a business lawyer for over 15 years. I am a Canadian slash Bajan. I grew up in Barbados. That's where the accent is from, if you're wondering. And I help women entrepreneurs build well through having savvy legal advice, secure legal foundation. Okay. So if you could tell me about your journey, Andrea, how did you get to where you are today? It's funny because when I was growing up, I didn't necessarily want to be a lawyer. I actually wanted to be an anthropologist because I'm just fascinated by people. When I was in high school, you know, the guidance counselor will do like the aptitude test. And the three things that came back were journalist, counselor, and lawyer. Journalist, I was like, they're going to send me to like some place where people are shooting at me. No. <laughs> and then counselor sounded interesting. I didn't know anyone who was a counselor. I didn't. And so I was like, I like to read and write and talk to people. Law sounds, law sounds good. But the traditional way in which law is practiced is quite conservative and very like, you know, tradition bound and lots of rules. And so early on in my career, I kind of chased against it. I didn't feel like I could fully bring my whole self to work. And also like you work a lot of hours. And I, as I said, I had three children. From the birth of my last child, I realized that the way how it's normally practiced was not going to work for me. I needed to have flexibility. And so I decided to, to start my own thing with a, with a business partner. And what was interesting was in the early days, so I went to lots of networking events and I went to lots of networking events with other women because my kids were in school or in daycare. 
I couldn't do like evenings and nights at the Chamber of Commerce or the traditional places that, you know, business owners would hang out. So I hung out with a lot of moms groups and I met women entrepreneurs who had really good businesses or like startup ideas. And the vast majority of them were not working with lawyers, which was surprising to me because coming from bigger firms, you know, business owners tend to have lawyers, it's like lawyers, accountants, and your business and your bank managers kind of of a standard. And when I asked them why, it was, you know, people think it might be too expensive, but it wasn't even so much the money. It was people share experiences of lawyers being really condescending, not taking the time to explain what was going on, not taking the time to really understand their business and what it was that they were trying to do. And so from that, I realized that there was an underserved market among women entrepreneurs who are very smart and very competent and who want to understand what it is that you're putting into place and who are not happy with someone who will just tell them sign here. Right? And, so, and so that's kind of how Henry Business working to be. So you said that you kind of did a bit of a survey asking them why didn't they have a lawyer? Yeah. So that means that these women, they already knew that they needed a lawyer. I think first, for a lot of them, they, they knew that they needed a lawyer because any entrepreneurial book that you read, like any coach, any, any professional advisor will tell you that. So most of them knew that they needed. There are some people who thought they didn't because they were too, they, they considered themselves too small or too new. But most of them knew that they needed a lawyer. It's just, it wasn't something that was very urgent and it was something that's easy to put on the back burner. And because the experience wasn't a pleasant one, it was easy to, to put it off and say, I'm not going to deal with that right now. Interesting. So. I love your website. Like I'm in digital marketing and I really enjoy the copy on your website. Thank you. So when I say enjoy, I mean, I take it very seriously, (laughs) but I like that it speaks, it speaks to me. One of the phrases that you have here is say goodbye to stuffy boardrooms and legalese that makes your head spin and billing by the hour. And then in brackets, surprises are for birthdays, not sales. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, because like the traditional thing is you've got to get dressed up. You're going to meet someone who looks very stuffy. You're going to sit in a boardroom. You're not going to understand what's being talked about because everyone's speaking in Latin phrases that are above your head. And then no one's telling you how much things are going to cost. And it's an hourly rate. And you don't know whether it's going to take five hours or 25 hours. I just think that's unfair for entrepreneurs, right? Like there should be a level playing field. Your lawyer really should be a partner with you as opposed to this person that kind of lards it over you and then sends you a huge bill. So when you talk about saying goodbye to stuffy boardrooms, is this a service that you offer virtually as well? It is. Are you just serving the area like around you or you're in Oakville, right? Yeah, I am in Oakville. So we provide services virtually. So the vast majority of our clients are in Ontario because that's where we are and that's where we're licensed. But we do serve people throughout Canada, except for Quebec. But in all of the other provinces and territories, so they are aspects of law that are federal in nature, right? So if you want to incorporate federal or if you want to trademark or if you have contracts that aren't governed by provincial rules, then basically any lawyer can help you. So it is great that we're able to provide services virtually. It was very helpful when COVID came, but it w- but we did that before COVID. And what I loved about it, I've had clients who are like getting their daughters here ready while they're having a conversation with me. 
right? Because we're, we're that integrated into their life. And we understand that as a female entrepreneur, you have many facets to yourself and you're busy. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to have to leave my house and spend 45 minutes in traffic to have, to have a meeting, right? So if I can stay in real quick and still attend to my children, still attend to everything else that needs to get done. And my advisor can accommodate that. It's what will much easier for my life. And that's the feedback we've gotten from clients. Right. So considering that you used to do a lot of networking and then you were connecting with women in mom's groups, how are people finding about you now? The vast majority of our clients still come from referrals, right? So it's past clients or people who have our ideal clients in their network and who will refer to us. But increasingly, people are starting to find us through social media, specifically Instagram, as you know, because you are the expert at digital marketing, it's very heavily weighted towards women. And that's our audience. So our audience is using Instagram for their own businesses. They're on there a lot. And I love Instagram because it allows me to be more creative, you know, in how you're putting across your message. And so increasingly, I'd say that's probably the second, the second highest number in terms of where we get our clients. So here's a question for you. Well, actually, I have all these questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) When does a female entrepreneur, when does a business owner need a lawyer? So really from day one, right? You're never too slow or too new. Even if all that you're getting is a consultation. When you're starting out, and this applies to lots of different areas. I just happen to be talking about law. But when you're starting out, there's a lot that you don't know. And you often don't know what you don't know. So you don't even know what questions to ask. And so I would advise any business owner to have a consultation with an accountant, with a lawyer, and with their bank manager. Those are three people that are key if you're going to be in business. And with a lawyer, we actually operate in our business law something called a legal audit. We will look holistically at your business. So this is if you're a startup or if you're established, and we'll look at a couple of, of major areas. So we'll look at your your structure, right? Are you going to be incorporated or are you going to be a sole profession? We'll look at all the relationships in your business and what contracts you may need, what contracts people might provide to you, what's going to be important there. We'll look at your brand and your intellectual property. We'll look at your systems. And whether you are protecting yourself, especially as a solopreneur, so often when you're making the jump from paid employment to being an entrepreneur, something that people forget is, what happens if I get sick? What happens if I get injured and now I have no income? And I have all these overhead expenses now with this business, especially if you hire a team. So making sure that you have adequate insurance and we have partners that we can refer to for that. And then we look at what's the business that you're trying to create? I very much believe in the concept of your business being not a prison, but a dream manifesto. Like your business exists for you, not the other way around. And so we help people get clear on what type of business. And that that looks like, who do I want to serve? How do I want to serve them? How many hours do I want to work a week? How many weeks or months do I want to take off from vacation? Do I want a small team or a large team? And so, and then we put, or we suggest, the legal structure that will help you get to that goal. I think anyone at any stage in business can can benefit from that type of consultation. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, when we start our business, it's so we can have this life that we love. Right. And, and it's like we, it's just like we're all working. And, 
at the time of this recording, you know, we're still in the pandemic. And I remembered one of the things, you know, having conversations with my husband, like I have a shared office space Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take it for the team and stay at home. And we're all fighting for the Wi-Fi because what if you get sick? Yeah. I'm the only one in my business, right? Yeah. It's so true. We we go into a business for freedom and our business imprisons us. And we can't leave it because if we stop for a minute, money starts, stops coming in. And what people often don't think of is there are lots of legal structures or legal ways of thinking of things that can help you to bring money in when you're on a beach, when you're resting, when you're looking after your kids, right? So that the business can actually do the thing that it's supposed to do, which is free. It's not funny, but I do. Yeah, yeah, no, but it- so you said that at every, at any point of a business, like whether you're starting or whether you're deep into it or you're 10 years in, like you can definitely reach out for legal advice. You can reach out to a lawyer. Typically though, when do you find like women are reaching out to you when they are in their business? So how many years in? What are they going through? Yeah. I think the real, it's not necessarily a revenue level. It's when people make that switch in their mind to think of their business as an asset. And that can be from day one. And that could be, you know, seven years in. But I'd say the sweet spot is probably around two years in after you probably hit the first six figures and you start to see, oh, this is actually valuable. I can actually <laughs> make money from this. Um, people want what I'm selling. But but it's new and it's an asset. So the same way how you would view a house as an asset and you'd be like, okay, I need to keep up maintenance. I need to make sure that if I'm going to invest, I'm going to invest in like a kitchen or a bathroom remodel because that's what's going to get me the most money back. And I might not put in a pool, for example, right? It's the same thing in your business. And so if you view your business as an asset, you're much more likely, one, to want to protect it, which is usually what people think of when they're coming to a lawyer. And also, you're more likely to be like, how can I make this business more valuable? How can I leverage my assets? And that's where a good business lawyer will be able to help you, not just to protect what you've already built, but to look for opportunities in your business where you can leverage what you already have to grow the value of your business to grow your revenue. Yeah, I like that. I mean, lately, what I've been thinking is that, okay, great, I've started my business, but when I choose to retire, do I just like right. cut things down or can I sell my business? Right? I love that you're thinking of that. I love that. We should be thinking about the exit from the beginning. I have pictures of like beaches and strong fruity drinks all over my office because that's <laughs> what I'm trying to get to. But we have to think about it, right? And if you are building a business with the intention of selling it, you're going to make some decisions that are different than someone who's just going to retire and also different from someone who is going to pass it on to their kids or have employees that are really, you know, good in the business band together to buy it out, for example. Those decisions or where it is that you want to end up will make a difference today. So I'll just give you a really quick example. For who. Often people will ask about incorporating versus not incorporating. And I won't go into detail, but one of the advantages of incorporating, if you plan to sell your business, is that if you sell the shares of a corporation, of a Canadian-controlled private corporation, you have a capital gains exemption of over 890000 per shareholder. 
So, you know, capital gains is you buy something or you start something and it's worth $10, you sell it for a million. Normally, the government wants capital gains on that, just like if you sold, you know, a house that wasn't your primary residence. If you're not incorporated, you pay all the capital gains. If you are incorporated and you sell the shares, 890000 per shareholder. So if you and your partner are shareholders, you're looking at well over a million, nearly 1.9, nearly 2 million in exemption. And so that makes a difference as to whether you incorporate or not. Someone who is planning to retire may figure, ah, oh, the extra cost of incorporation doesn't, you know, I don't think there's enough value. Someone who's planning to sell, incorporation becomes a no-brainer. Wow. I am taking notes. (laughs) So I've been in all and in my business for about three years now. And so I remembered I, you know, I'm starting my business and it was a side hustle and then it became full time. And when I had these individuals who signed on with me before I left my job, there wasn't a contract. I was working with a business coach and I was like, I think I need a contract. And I went online, and you might not like this, but it was okay. a year ago. <laughs> I've heard I went, <laughs> I went online, and I looked for the best template. And, you know, I found the best template for me. But, of course, you know, you're, I was like all in and very tired. And sometimes I would send out this template by inserting the names. And I might have missed removing something. And one of the clients would say, what does this mean? Or who's that person? Right. So and I I do believe a lot of people, they do this as well. So what are the perils of, you know, grabbing a template online in terms of a contract? So I'm not going to bad talk templates because I understand when people, when you're starting out, and I'm an entrepreneur myself. So like I understand the, the financial realities. That when you're starting out, you might not be like, yeah, let me find $10,000 to have, you know, 10 different contracts. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's that, that templates have a place, especially when you're starting out. The key thing is to know what type of template. And so I would suggest that if people are looking to buy templates, you want to make sure one, that you're picking the right jurisdiction. So something that's made for Canadians, because the number of times that I've seen things where it refers to the law of the state of New York, and I'm like, I know you're in Toronto, right? So making sure that it's for you in terms of jurisdiction, ideally that it's specifically for your industry. So there are some templates that will, you know, that are for coaches, you know, particularly are for wedding photographers are for event planners, whatever your industry is. If you can find one that is specific to your industry, it's much more likely to fit your business will be as good as if you had a custom done, but it's much more likely to fit your business than a completely generic one. And then thirdly, look for a template that has some type of guide around how you should use it, the circumstances that you should use it, and has opportunities for customization. Say, for example, you are looking to bring on team members and you get a contract from like one of the major template sites and the only thing that you can customize is the name, right? It might be addressed where they're going to be working. And so you have a non-compete and your non-compete says anyone that's working with you can solicit employees, right? Can't ask any of your employees to come work with them. If you actually have employees, that's a great contract. If you work with only independent contractors, that clause doesn't help you. And if your independent contractors leave, 
they can now bring all of your independent contractors with them and you have no leg to stand on. And I say that from experience that happened to a client as well. She was the one that left, right? But the person who had had that contract in place, which they got off online for 20 bucks, lost half of their business because of that one oversight. And so ideally, you're looking for guides and customization so that you can make sure it fits your circumstances, right jurisdiction, and ideally something that's specific for your industry. So one of the things I know you're very strong about is that you need to learn how to read and how to write a contract. Yes. Can Absolutely. you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Again, ideal scenario, you would have a great relationship with your lawyer and you would send all of the contracts that you get to your lawyer. In the real world, especially when you're starting out, that may not be in the budget. And so it's critical for all entrepreneurs to know how to read a contract. And contracts really, and, and, and I'm happy to provide a resource to your listeners. We've actually created something called the anatomy of a contract, which kind of breaks it down. And the way how I look at it is, it's the story of a relationship, right? A contract is just a story of what the relationship should look like. So if you approach it, as if this will feel like English literature again, right? Like if you're looking at a novel, so who are the characters? So those are the parties to the contract. What's the plot? So what's supposed to happen? So that may be what services are supposed to be provided? What's the compensation for those services? What's the timeline? And then contracts differ from novels in that they kind of have an alternative ending. I don't know if you remember the like choose your own adventure books or yeah. another. They're kind of like this. <laughs> Right? So there's an alternative ending. And the alternative ending is, what happens if things don't work out as we expect? I plan to hire you to provide these amazing services. We're going to do it for six months. I'm going to pay you one time. But something doesn't work out. I don't pay. I'm not happy with the services. How do we get out of this? And so in in the resource that I can provide, the anatomy of a contract, we list the top things that you have to understand before you sign off on a contract and where to look for them. So lawyers use the same basic structure in ev- almost every contract. And once you can see that structure, it will become much easier for you to understand. But essentially, you'll need to know who you're doing business with. You have to have a clear understanding of the services that are to be to provided, the compensation, how is the contract terminated, and is there anything that I'm giving up, right? Am I giving up any rights? Am I giving up the right to sue, right? Am I signing a waiver? Am I giving up the right to my intellectual property? So if I'm an independent contractor and I'm creating something, does that belong to the client or does it belong to me? And if it belongs to the client, can I still use it for marketing or no? Am I giving up the right to work with someone else? So for example, let's say, say I'm a graphic designer and I'm working for you as a digital media specialist. And in your contract, you say, you can work for other people, but you can't work for other digital media specialists. But unfortunately, that's 90% of my clientele. I need to be aware that that's what you're asking me to give up. And it doesn't mean that I necessarily won't sign the contract. I may decide, hey, I'm willing to do this only for you. But now you're going to have to pay me three times as much because I can't work with the people that I would normally work with. Interesting. Okay. I I see some of that, some of those questions applying to what it is that I do. Yes. (laughs) Takes notes again. You see, this is why the consultation is so helpful. Yeah. So, Andrea, what services do you provide? So we try to focus on what I think are the three pillars of any legal framework for a business. 
That is protecting your moneymaker. So you and your business. So that's, do you own it as an incorporation or as a sole proprietorship? What insurance do you need to have in place? How can we pay as little tax as possible, right? So you're protecting essentially the money. Second pillar, protect your relationships. So all businesses, whether you're selling services or products, whatever you're doing, all businesses run on relationships. And as I said, a contract is just a story of a relationship. So any important relationship in your business, whether that's with your clients, your customers, your team members, your suppliers, any important relationship should have a contract. And so we provide services for, for all of the contracts that you would need in your business. And then the third pillar is your intellectual property, the genius in your brain that has resulted in your brand, which you know is, is crucial to any business and the things that make your business run. So Intellectual property has, like, it's very broad. So it could be as simple as the name of your business. It could also be your systems. It could be your courses. It could be your content, the videos that you put out there. Anything that's kind of an intangible asset, but that people associate with your business, we can help you protect it and leverage it to be able to make more revenue with less time. It's my goal in life. (laughs) The most money for the least effort. So your your clients are women entrepreneurs. Why did you choose specifically women entrepreneurs? So as I was saying earlier, I think that's where I saw there was a need for my exposure. And it was really funny because I remember going to, to the events and I'd been doing it for maybe like three months. And I came back and my dad was visiting and I was like, I've never seen any lawyers at these events. It's so strange. Any other business thing you go to, like you can't rule for a lawyer. But at the women entrepreneur events, no. And he was like, maybe that's because the lawyer is supposed to be. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I think if people really wanted it, someone would have done it already. But no. So well, I think it just, you know, and I was fortunate to start my practice when there was a real upsurge and increase in the number, in the number of women entrepreneurs. So some of it, I think, is just serendipity that those two things coincided. And also, I just love like feminine energy. I love being around women. I've never had a male, like platonic friend. Like I just love being around women. And I guess kind of on a deeper note, when women make money, when women have economic power, they make good choices for their community, right? They're all kinds of studies. That's why they do microloans to women and not to men. Like they're all kinds of studies that show that when women make more money, the entire community benefits. They reinvest in children, they invest in education, they invest in health. Men are less likely to do that. Not that they don't, they're less likely to. And so I want to live in a world where women have economic power because I think that's just going to be a better world for our children. I love it. So since this pandemic started, I've read a lot of lot of articles that people have started their own business. Yes. So have you seen an uptick in terms of people reaching out to you? Absolutely. Last year was our busiest year. Yeah. Uh Which was surprising at the beginning of it. But I think a lot of people realize because of the pandemic that the quote unquote security of a job was not actually that secure. And so one, people didn't like the feeling of being completely at the mercy of someone else to make a decision as to whether they were going to be able to pay their mortgage or not. And two, people had more time on their hands. So ideas that had been bubbling up for a while, people actually had the opportunity to work on them with the backdrop that, hey, everyone's been laid off anyway. So I have more control. And I've always thought that. I've always thought that the most secure thing you could do from when I started my own practice or 
my traditional Caribbean mom was like, what are you leaving a job? I was like, I have three children. I don't want anyone else to be in control of whether I can support them or not. So I've always thought that running your own business is is more secure than having a job. And I think the pandemic caused a lot of other people to see that too. Yeah, I have to agree. Like where I used to work, I used to work in a in a factory, a distribution center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were all laid off for some time at the beginning, beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And then now that everybody's back to work and I have no regrets, it's a great company. But yeah. now that everyone's back to work, it's like a lot of hours of always catching yeah. up after a lockdown. Yeah. And I just think to myself, oh, my goodness, what would it be like if I was still working there? And then I would have to travel 60 kilometers and yeah. back and my daughter is at home with school. Yeah. So, yes, definitely more freedom. One of my current said to me, she was a psychotherapist and left to start her own practice think, at the end of 2019. And she said, there is no way she would have been able to continue in her job during the pandemic. And the only way she was able to continue making a living and look after, you know, our kids were being, everyone's kids was being homeschooled was because she had her own practice and because she had flexibility as to when she was going to do things. To me, that's incalculable. Right. Like there's that whole joke about entrepreneurs will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. But I don't, you know, I don't espouse that. Yeah. But there is that element of you are willing to trade a little bit to have the flexibility. Right. And to have control over your own time and, and, and how you do things. Absolutely. So I always, because this podcast is called Strategize Your Business Online, one of the questions that I ask is in terms of social media. So you talked about Instagram being the top one for you. Now, what types of content do you share on social media that gets people saying, yes, I want to work with Andrea Henry? I find people, and it's funny because I'm not a video person, like I'm I'm a words and books and reading person, but I find videos, right? Like if I ever go live, reels, no, we do like legal myth debunking. Those are always the things that get the most feedback and most engagement and, and people reaching out to us. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And, and Instagram it has, has, uh, recently said that they're no longer photo sharing. Exactly. Apps. You're getting into those reels, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did my third one last week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, it definitely kind of stretches me out of my comfort zone because I would much rather. Yeah, not be, but I think it, it helps, especially when you're dealing with a subject that people find intimidating. I think it helps to kind of make it more approachable and make it a little bit lighter so that people feel that they can get their heads around. And I always say like, if you can figure out, we had to bring on a marketing assistant because I couldn't figure out how to do reels properly and get all this stuff. So I was like, if you can figure out reels, you can figure out how to do, how to manage your legal framework. Like it's the same level of, of intellect required. Right. There are people who've grown huge followings on social media who know to do reels, who know to do TikTok, who know to get things up on YouTube. If you can figure that out, incorporation is simple. Awesome. So, Andrea, do you have any promos coming up? Yes. So, let's see, you heard that I was talking about templates. Yes. And of course, our templates match all of those three. They are different for Canadians, industry specific, and they are customizable and they come with guides. And so, if anyone is, is, looking to make sure that they have the right contracts in place for their business. The securestartup.ca is specifically for Canadian entrepreneurs. We have templates for beauty entrepreneurs, coaches and consultants, online entrepreneurs, course creators, and naturopaths and other people in the alternative healthcare space. 
So those are the five that we focus on for now. And then coming up a little bit later in the year, I'm going to be launching a course called the Secure Startup School, which is essentially the 15 years of experience in business and, um, and, and legal consulting in a course. And it's so the templates and, and we can put things in place, but it's I want people to change their mindset in terms of how they view their business and how you can look for opportunities in your business where the law can help you, again, make more money with less effort. Love it. So I'm definitely going to make sure that we share the link to the, to the secure startup, right? Yeah. Exactly. And the anatomy of the contract. Of a contract, yes. Definitely. Which is the free resource that will help you read a contract so you never get taken advantage of again. Awesome. And now I'm going to do my plug. So we are, I'm having a conference called Strategize Your Business Online, and it will be the 23rd of September. And Andrea Henry will be there. So we're yeah. going to get, we're going to get your talk and we're going to learn a lot. And yeah. those who will be there will, it's virtual, will be learning a lot and learn how we can contact you as well. Right. Wonderful. I'm really looking forward to going like this is obviously we're trying to cover a lot in the short space yeah. of time, but I'm really looking forward to going into a little bit more um, of a deeper dive into the legal framework. That's great. So, and before you go, I'd like to know what are the best or where are the best places that we can reach you online? Maybe giving us the top two. Yeah. So. As I said, I hang out a lot on Instagram. So at Henry Business Law on Instagram. And our website is henrybusinesslaw.com. Excellent. Easy to remember. It's Henry Great. Business Law. <laughs> okay, excellent. Thank you so much, Andrea, for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. And I Good. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Strategize Your Business Online. If you found value in what you heard today, please leave us a review and feel free to share this podcast with someone you think who would love it. You just might get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when a new episode is released. Do you find the online space challenging when it comes to increasing your brand's visibility? Visit my website and register for my monthly free masterclass. Or connect with me on Instagram. You can head over to dboswellbuck.com and you'll find all the links that you need right there. It's always my goal to align your business goals strategically with your online presence. We'll see you on the next episode.